Hello and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Be Uncluttered. I'm Rebecca Mazzino and with me is Tara Tuttle and together we are going to help you on your journey to a life free of clutter. Hi and welcome to the show today. We are going to be talking about comparison, which is a pretty big issue in the society we live in today. We all know that it can be pointless and that it can quite often appears destructive behavior and pretty disheartening as well. I think most of us have been in that position where we're comparing ourselves to someone or comparing our lives to another's and it doesn't bring us joy. In fact, it makes us feel a lot worse, but we all tend to keep doing it. Um, So we wanted to have a bit of a chat, explore some of the ways about when comparison can be a helpful behavior and when it's unhelpful and and why we why we do this. So what do you think, Beck? Do you think it's a pretty natural thing? Yeah, it's it's really normal. It's something that we we all do and I think and we'll try and cover this in today's episode that it's there's some good things and some bad things about comparison or rather than good or bad maybe helpful or unhelpful parts to it. So there are some ways comparison can do good for us and and then there are ways that comparison can hold us back or, or damage us or harm us in, in ways as well. Yeah, it ends up being, I mean, we use comparison as a means of evaluating ourselves and how well we're doing, how we're performing within our group or society. I think that's where it comes from being really natural um, to look mm. at our own lives or our own performance and evaluate that. The best way to see how you're tracking is to look at people around you or find a benchmark or a standard and compare your situation or scenario to that benchmark or standard. But I think we run into lots of issues because our benchmarks and our standards are not very objective and sometimes we're not choosing the best benchmarks and standards to compare ourselves to. Mm. Yeah. I mean, back as we evolved, this comparison was really important because it helped us check our behaviours and, you know, if we sort of go way back to hunter-gatherer stage, if you were on your own, um, you were at very high risk of not surviving. And in order to stay in a group, you had to conform. And in order to conform, you have to know what to do. And in order to know what to do, you have to know what everyone else is doing. So that's kind of where it comes from, you know, well, in my opinion, <laughs> where it comes from way back and how it's part of our our psychology and and our behavior patterns automatically or instinctively and so it is definitely something that we do all the time and a lot of it is unconscious and I think that if we if we sort of have a bit of a chat about it today I'd like to I'd like to help people understand how that might help them simplify their life somewhat because I think that sometimes comparison in an unhelpful way will overcomplicate our lives and and add more burden, more work, more anxiety to our life than than what it possibly might if we, you know, took a little bit of a backward step and looked at it from the outside. Yeah, it does it adds all these layers of stress to our lives quite often and for some people that can manifest in anxiety about not measuring up or how well they're doing. Um, It can lead people into a pretty negative spiral about feeling like they're not good enough or they're not worthy. 
And there's there's lots of tough stuff that comes out of it. So I think kind of pulling it apart a bit and understanding um, where it comes from and why we do it might help us to kind of notice when it's coming up for us and realise that um, it's starting to affect us or that we're caught in that trap of comparison and that we need to pull back from it um, in order to kind of preserve our mental health or our uh, well-being. So you mentioned earlier that the benchmark or the standard is not an objective measure and I think that's one of the things that is definitely worth talking about because our the comparisons that we frequently make are based upon something that is either not real or is maybe um, unrealistic unrealistic yeah yeah so it's it doesn't exist at all or if it does it's not in a in a realistic way so um yeah, yeah it's unrealistic and you know we'll compare our faces to a model on a magazine you know or we'll cons- we'll, we'll look at the the age like I don't know if you've ever compared yourself with with a film star of your own age but when you look at them you look at them and they don't look the same age as you and what we're doing is we're comparing ourselves to somebody who either has been photoshopped or has had some work done rather than maybe comparing ourselves with what someone our age is meant to look like based on a scientific um scientific basis so based on what our faces are meant to do as we age does that make sense I really found like, I feel like I bungled that up <laughs> no that makes perfect sense because that's the thing none of us go looking in um, scientific manuals to read about the physiology of human skin and how it wrinkles with age or exposure to sun and compare ourselves to the average person mm-hmm. of our age with the uh, with our similar level of sun exposure and you know diet habits we we look at someone who their job is their face and yeah yeah that have had work done or whatever and and then we go how come I look like this and they look like that well that's just it's not it's not a suitable benchmark Mm. and we just we kind of just keep feeding the beast of negativity like rather than seeking out people that are appropriate benchmarks we kind of keep signing ourselves up to look at people that Mm you know, are either genetically blessed or just in a different stage. Yeah. And that's one thing that really annoys me about skincare ads where they talk about like they'll have an anti-aging properties product and they'll have a 25-year-old advertising it. (laughs) And I'm like, well... (laughs) I'm not going to look like her if I use it because she's 25. Uh, and I, I really like it when they use the older people, but even then that's not unrealistic as well. Yeah, well, even like some of the ads that are out at the moment for underwear and stuff like that, I'm like, this is great. I know there's this whole body positive movement, but the fact that it shows a variety of sizes, I'm like, yes, because I can buy mm. a pair of undies that look amazing on some tall Amazonian beauty but they're not going to look like that on me (laughs) so um you know it's nice to compare apples with apples I guess and um so there was this psychologist in the 1950s called Leon Festinger and he did a whole lot of research into social comparison theory and since him there's not been a lot of other work done I think he kind of broke it down into a couple of main groups he said the the main reasons that we 
compare with others. The first one is to reduce our uncertainty. So it's all about that checking how we're performing against other people. And this is usually what we do and comes very naturally to us is um, can, can check our performance against other people. But I don't know that it, <laughs> it very often reduces our uncertainty. I think if anything, it probably heightens our uncertainty. And the other reason he said we compare with people is to assist in defining themselves. So we work out what our identity is by looking at others and working out how we either fit in with those groups or stand out from those groups. So if you're, I don't know, an eco-warrior, you look around and you compare yourself and your standards of living and your behaviour to other people that um, call themselves eco-warriors and you feel like you identify with that group and you fit in and it helps you form kind of um, your identity and gives you a sense of self. And then you also look around to compare yourself with people that don't have that similar mindset and work out that you don't fit in with their way of living and that helps, you know, build your um, ideals and your values even more because you can work out where the similarities are and where the comparisons are by looking around. The other thing he went into detail is how we're more likely to compare ourselves with people that are around us that we think we already have things in common with or that are similar to us in some way. So you're more likely to compare yourself with someone of a similar age, gender, background, maybe social standing, uh, their employment level or how educated they are or race, things like that. So you look around um, and you're likely to, if you're at work, you're likely to compare yourself with another colleague at your same level rather than comparing yourself with the CEO um, or with a colleague that might be 20 years younger than you. So naturally we gravitate to people that we think are in our same kind of realm. I think that what that does is that helps us to narrow it down a little bit, doesn't it? So it's quite good that that happens automatically because uh, we can accidentally compare ourselves to uh, people that are outside but I suppose that's a negative as well because it does leave out comparisons that we could, healthy comparisons that we could make with people who are outside that, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think part of the reason we do it is because comparing with people that seem similar to us, if they're doing marginally better or slightly better, those things mm. seem more attainable because so many other areas measure up to us. So if people have got the same level of wealth, the same education background, um, the same ethnicity, and then we look at their social standing and our social standing and, and we think that theirs is a bit better, we think, well, everything else lines up so I must be able to improve myself mm -hmm. in that area because everything else, we're on par. Um, and, and it is helpful in ways, um, you know, like if you're comparing your parenting skills, you know, you and I might compare with each other or we might not because your mm. kids are a bit older than mine, but neither of us are likely to compare our parenting skills <laughs> with Victoria Beckham because she probably has a bunch of nannies and, you know, a whole lot of other household help. So what parenting looks like for her is completely unrealistic for what it looks like for us. So we probably wouldn't even go there and and that's good. But it also, yeah, can be limiting if we think that there's stuff out there that's completely out of our reach. I have a friend who once said to me, uh, she was obviously when her, her kids are younger as well, so they're sort of somewhere between yours and mine and in a bit of a spread and 
she had a relative whose parenting style was very different to mine and she was she sort of admired some of my parenting styles and she admired some of this relative's parenting styles and they were at two like broad ends of the spectrum so um she saw us as being a fairly strict and she saw them as being not in the slightest bit strict and she said to me one day she said I am aiming for the middle between you guys (laughs) and I don't and I was like oh okay and I thought Mm -hmm. that's strict but I could see how she was doing using the comparison to make her own judgment and make her her own goals and and sort of form her own behaviors using those two extremes and and finding her place in the middle there so I thought that was interesting yeah yeah definitely and look and that's the thing so I think when you understand comparison to some extent can be really helpful so when you're comparing yourself to a relevant source of comparison so um you know for example peers in your work team if you're comparing yourself to them for self-assessment uh, and to check how you're going uh, relative to them, that can be really good. That can mm-hmm. be really helpful. Uh, when you're using comparison as a tool to detect areas for concern. So things like um, if we think of growth charts for babies, you know, there's a standard. Now, you know, like see, my first born Sienna was like off the charts in terms of height and weight <laughs> and all of that. So was that um, actually. Yeah. So for me that... <laughs> That almost came up as an area for concern because I was like, am I overfeeding this child or is she just a big kid? But the idea is that there's a general benchmark set and you've got to take it with a grain of salt. But comparing your baby's size and weight to those standardized growth charts might help you detect an area for concern where a baby's, mm, you know, failing to either thrive. not hitting some milestone moments. Yeah. And so those things can be really useful. But the problem is when then you take them to, you know, the the nth degree or you um, worry about them. And I remember a maternal health nurse being really concerned that I was overfeeding Sienna. (laughs) I'm like, she's just a big unit. Like I just, she's just a big kid. And you look at her now, she's not 12 yet and she's the same height Mm -hmm. as me and She's got like size 10 ladies feet. Like she's, she's a big kid. She's a tall girl. So she was always kind of being, you know, off the charts, but some of the health nurses were like, Ooh, we're a bit worried that, you know, she's Mm. a big kid. Um, And also with you being small as well, because I'm that, like I was the same (laughs) as Zoe. Zoe was always in the, like the 97th percentile for, for weight and height. She was a chubby bubby. She was um, really, really fat. And I remember one of my friends saying once she could see me walking down the street holding Zoe on my hip and when she got to me she was laughing and she said your baby is half the size you are (laughs) and I think that comparison because I'm quite small uh, and Zoe was a really big baby people sort of thought hang on you know is there something wrong here but no and she's now she's um same as she's slightly bigger slightly taller than me but not much at all so you know she's turned out to be quite average but yeah she was a really fat baby (laughs) Yeah, and and that's the thing. I think when you're comparing yourself to something, don't forget to check your gut because you go, okay, no, well, she was a, she was a big baby and she's healthy, like as in mm. she's thriving, she's happy, she's not. But if you've got um, kids, you know, not starting to speak around about the time that um, they say, mm. you know, babies should be starting to say a few words, then that might indicate, you know, a problem with their hearing or something. So some of those benchmarks can be, you know, really good mm. kind of protective measures. 
but I guess we just got to make sure that we don't obsess about them. Yeah, and um, that's where the anxiety to the detriment. comes in. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we'll be back to that discussion in just a moment. If you really appreciate this podcast and get a lot from it, we would love it if you would consider becoming a Patreon supporter. This will help us keep the podcast content coming to you by covering some of our costs and importantly, keep it ad free. You can find the Become a Patreon button on our website at www.beuncluttered.com.au. We really appreciate your support. Thank you. Right. Now, back to the discussion. The other thing about uh, comparison and being helpful is that it can drive some really healthy levels of self-improvement in us. So if you're comparing yourself to someone at work who's got, you know, wonderful presentations and they're really clear in their speaking and, you know, have a great presence while they're, they're you know, addressing the boardroom or whatever, and you look at that and you compare that to how you do presentations, it might inspire you to work harder, practice more, push harder to get a better product and a better, you know, outcome and, you know, get some more clarity in your performance. So those kind of things can be really good because they can help us to strive. Um, you know, some people will look at other people's gym work workouts and how much they bench press or how far they can run or, what you know, whatever it is. Um, and it might inspire them to work harder to either match someone else's performance or to just get more out of their own physicality. Um, so there are some some areas where that idea of comparison can really push us and that can be healthy, but then there's like a plethora of ways that it can be really unhelpful. All right, so let's talk about what happens when it's unhelpful. So probably the most obvious one, and I think everyone can relate to this, is when we compare ourselves to an unrealistic ideal, which we've already touched on, but when you're comparing yourself to someone who is, you know, the best in the world at what it is that you do on a day-to-day basis, or if you're comparing yourself to what you are seeing from somebody's life on social media rather than what they're actual life is like on the other side of the camera and that can be really unhelpful because it can be less inspiring and and more Mm. I was gonna say deflating but I sort of mean like more of a a boot to your self-esteem it it can really affect because you feel like instead of instead of looking at them and thinking that is something I could be you thinking that isn't something I can be, therefore I'm not good enough. Yeah, I'll never get there. I'll never. And yeah. you, and that's what I think is really kind of counterintuitive that we, especially with social media, we choose to follow people. We sign up to get their lives in our face. Mm. Then we look at their life, go, oh, that makes me feel miserable about what I'm doing or how I'm achieving. And yet, we keep doing it. We keep revisiting. And <laughs> I, um, personal experience, there was a businesswoman in the US who I really loved her story. Um, some of her work is in a similar vein to mine and I was following her on Instagram. But it almost wasn't obsessive, but like every day I would, because she would post at least once a day, I would check in with her and see what she was doing. But then I kind of tuned into, I was like, I always, after I see what she's done, it makes me feel like I've got so far to go. And it had turned from Mm. being inspiring 
to being really deflating and I'd be like oh it feels like the gap is even wider now between where where I am and where she is and so I just stopped following her and it was like I had withdrawals for a week because I was like oh I don't know (laughs) what she's doing what if she's gone on holiday I want to see what she's wearing on holiday and if she's working while she's away and how that's but then it was like you know once she was kind of out of my face for a week I was like okay cool and I made for me it made Instagram a happier place because I wasn't going on there going what's she doing oh wow she's even more amazing than she was yesterday and now I feel terrible (laughs) so um, (laughs) I think we've got to kind of tune back into how we feel when we see these people and if it's if it's having a negative effect pull back from it and it doesn't mean forever it might just mean for now or for a while until you're in a better headspace Mm. Yeah, I I have a rule that I don't follow anyone on social media. That makes me feel bad about myself. So I, similar to you, I there there would have been you know a couple that I was following that that made me think that I wasn't good enough, and and I thought, well, that's stupid. I don't need that negativity in my life, and you know I'm good. I'm a bit I'm critical enough of myself without having something else you know making me more so and uh, so yeah I have a rule and there are occasional accounts where that I will follow and I'll test it out I'll think you know yes I don't think this accounts for me but I'm interested so I'll check it out and then you know I'll check in like like you did I'll I'll look at my feelings and, and how I feel about myself after I've been engaging with them or looking at their posts and if I feel worse then I yeah I remove them immediately and it's funny because there's also a flip side of that where some people will compare themselves to other as a source of self-enhancement or to boost their self-esteem so they um, compare themselves to people who are in a much worse situation uh, for some reason and they do that in a way to kind of boost their ego um, and and what that really does is it exposes your own vulnerabilities and low self-esteem but a lot of us kind of don't connect those dots but quite often people will either on social media um, follow someone or, or in person or in person keep signing up or hanging out with with people or looking at that parent on the school run or whatever it is that you think is not not measuring up to to you and you get a little spring in your step because you think, yeah, I'm nailing it, you know. Gee, that person <laughs> makes me feel good about what I've got going on because look at the mess they're in. And you think, well, that's not healthy either. Like if that if that's what mm. you were doing to make yourself feel good, then you really need to, yeah. you know, um, have words with yourself. Yeah, and doing that can also hold you at a particular level as well. I, I, have, a, I have a client who has hoarding disorder and her home is unhelpful for her. It's unsafe for her. And she said to me once that she said, I don't want to be like those people on television. And it was really interesting because she was using the show, the TV show Hoarders to compare herself favorably to them. But interestingly, her house was very much the same as theirs. So, well, because quite often we compare on both levels um, to try and live up to someone else's higher standards and compared to people who are lower than us. So we're looking, quite often we think we're comparing for objective self-assessment. So we're just comparing ourselves to others to check in how we're going. But simultaneously, we're also comparing 
uh, for enhancement to make ourselves feel better about ourselves. And that can become really toxic mm. because we then tend to justify it. So we go, oh, no, I'm checking myself against that other person at the gym to make sure that I'm, you know, not being slack. We're actually... And that's your justification where actually you're checking yourself against them because you know that you're doing way better than them and it just boosts your self-esteem. So we can get in this little mm. kind of mental loop around, oh, no, no, I'm being objective. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying <laughs> to strive for greater things. It's just I keep looking at the people that are not doing as good as me and then I feel amazing. <laughs> and so... Uh, we humans are anything but objective most of the time, yeah. aren't we? <laughs> and then the thing is, because then it leads to overinflating ourselves as well, like, oh, I'm way better than them, or underinflating ourselves and tearing ourselves down by thinking I'll never match up. Like we can't, we kind of end up quite often at either extreme. Um, and mm. Very rarely do we hang in the middle and go, yeah, I'm okay. I'm doing all right. Mm. Yeah. It's usually the most of the people are thinking that they'll never match up. I think that's a huge problem um, at the moment. Sometimes we can also use comparison as a weapon. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes people, I mean, you, you see this on social media all the time where uh, somebody has a different opinion or they're, they're different in some way and all of a sudden that one difference becomes a reason for that person to be just not a good person overall. Um, There is these snap judgments that people can make when they make comparisons that are based on one single tiny little snapshot or one one little aspect of somebody's behaviour or the way they look that becomes the one thing that an entire comparison of personal self-value or personal value is is ranked on. Mm. Yeah, I think that happens so frequently. And also we use that comparison then to confirm the ideas that we already have about ourselves. So mm. we look for information from other people to verify that what we what we might suspect or believe about ourselves And then like, so if I think I'm a really nice, friendly person and I, you know, when I'm with my friends, pick up on all the cues that say, oh, you're so thoughtful and blah, 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 rather than picking up on the cues from the people that I barge in front of, you know, at the checkout and (laughs) knock over on my way to the, I don't know the front of the line on Hmm. on the bakery. I'm trying to say something (laughs) nasty on social media. Like I'm I'm not, you know, we can tune into all the cues that reinforce our ideas about ourselves rather than picking up any of the the things people might say Hmm. or any of the ideas that challenge our beliefs. So there's a whole lot of stuff just tied in with this, you know, looking at other people and working out how how we measure up. The other thing we do is compare ourselves with other people on one measure rather than and this is you know where a lot of social media stuff comes into it as well we we don't take into account any of the other stuff going on in that person's world we or think contributing factors that might um, say why they are or why they're doing or why they look the way they look we forget all the facets of people's lives and say (laughs) she always looks so stylish and put together. Why don't I look like that? And then you don't take into consideration that 
maybe that person's got a personal stylist that helps her or maybe that's her passion area or area of interest and she's completely neglecting her work life or her children or her mental health. So we compare ourselves the way we dress with someone or we compare how clean our house is with someone that's got a really clean house but that maybe has terrible personal hygiene. You know, like we kind of pick the Mm -hmm. best area of all these different people, the people that have one thing that they're the best at or that is really, you know, overperforming and we compare our entire life to one area of their lives and I think we just we kind of lack judgment and clarity when it comes to that Mm -hmm. that there's one thing they're doing really well but maybe there's other things that is are not so good why don't we compare a whole with a whole um Mm. yeah it can be really toxic I guess because sometimes we just don't know the whole Mm. you know um and when we we do know it 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 sort of becomes less inviting so we don't use it as a comparison anymore so I think we need to be really aware of especially social media but also other aspects of our lives when we're comparing ourselves to other people on one measure that they're promoting or one thing that is their thing that we take into account that there are lots of other facets of their life and a lot of them are not on display to us and so we Mm. need to kind of just keep it in check a bit and and if it if you're using it for inspiration great but if it is starting to affect you then you know just just check in with yourself and and make sure you're not kind of overexposing yourself and putting some unrealistic expectations on what you can achieve as well yeah i've i've started following that i've started following this one particular account and she is one of the she's it's it's a it's a beauty account so um she's one of those girls with um, um, a tiny little waist and a, a big bottom and so she does all of those bottom photos mm-hmm. but <laughs> and I, I saw I don't know how I found the account I, I think someone linked to it and it was someone that I respected and so I thought well there must be something more to this account than just some some bums on a balcony and and because I'm like I mean I don't mind if they have those accounts but it doesn't it sort of I'm not interested in just looking at bottoms but when I looked at this account she is really funny and she's got a beautiful face and and she's got a figure that lots of people admire I could never have a bottom like that I would have to have injections I'm too um straight but she's you know got this big curvy figure what she does though is she does photos that uh, like she'll do a photo of herself with her big bottom there all nice and smooth and brown and then there'll be another photo next to it where she's clenched it and you can see all the cellulite and she'll post on there like look you know um, this is me and this is me as well and it's a really realistic thing and she also does lots of posts where she farts and the, <laughs> the, the, the sort of the, 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 the contradiction of this beautiful girl and then the farting or the 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 angles where she shows off like where her tummy rolls are and all that kind of stuff the the whole real side of things so I I follow that so occasionally I'll see you know a photo where I'm like that I have no I don't I can't compare to that or I can't relate to that at all but then there'll be another one where I see the real side so I, I think if there is an account where someone has something that you admire but you can also see the real parts of them that can be a really good thing because you do get to see the whole of a person or a celebrity or or some kind of um, some or whoever it is that you're following. But that being able to see both sides or all sides to that person really can help you um, not just compare yourself to an unrealistic ideal. 
Yeah, and I think I think that kind of speaks a bit to the rise of accounts like Celeste Barber's, where oh, she yeah, she's one of my ta- favorites. <laughs> where she takes off all these, you know, models and other famous people and some of the ridiculous stuff that they do where and you look at the ad and because you know quite often the way it's all set up is that it shows their ad or their image first and you look at that and we're so used to seeing these images and you go of course yes there's a lady standing there with (laughs) nipple tassels and a pineapple on her head and that's just that's an acceptable model image and then it will cut to Celeste Barber doing it and you laugh and laugh because you're like Actually, yes, she is calling out how ridiculous <laughs> some of these things are that we keep exposing ourselves to and how, you know, firstly, what we would all look like if we tried to do it. And, <laughs> yeah, I just I love it because it, it kind of just tears all that facade down yeah. and makes us kind of laugh at ourselves and what we kind of sign up to. And I think I think that's why she's so relatable and so popular because it's just refreshing for a change to see people being real, um, mm. and and not worrying about what they show to themselves show to the world because they're just they're like this is me you know mm. um, I don't have to keep up a facade but yeah I love her stuff as well yeah yeah she's she's very good so all this talk on comparison I guess. We want to boil it down to what What do you do? Like how do you work out when it's helpful and when it's not? What do we do from here? I think the first thing is to notice when you're comparing yourself to someone and ask if that comparison is helpful or unhelpful. So is it inspiring and challenging you in a positive way? Is it making you try and run a faster time on the track in a, in a healthy way, not in a, you know, uh, obsessive way? Um, is it helping you to cook or inspiring you to cook healthier meals or to, you know, try new things with your hair? Like is it something that that brings joy and inspiration and striving and satisfaction or is it something that's making you feel worse about yourself? Try and really tune in to how you Mm. feel when you step away from the images or the account or the people, if it's people in real life that you're hanging out with, when you're walking away or when you get home after you spend time with them, just pause for 10 seconds and think, how do I feel right now? Do I feel better than when I saw them or worse mm. than, you know, um, before I saw them? So you kind of got to just pause for a minute and and see if you can figure that out. Yeah, yeah. That whole, that checking in with your feelings is really important and doing that while you're while you catch yourself doing the comparisons or after you've been engaging with a person or an account um, other way, just check in and and how are you feeling and becoming aware of your feelings is a really good first step um, in then being able to remove any of the things that cause the bad feelings and have more of the things that cause the good feelings. Yeah, and if it's negative, if you, you know, uh, after the interaction of whatever form, if the feeling you have is negative, so start working out some ways that you might avoid it. So if it's an account on social media, stop following it or just mute it for a week and see how you feel and maybe you ease back into it gradually or maybe you give yourself, you know, six months off. Um, get to know more details about someone because mm-hmm. instead of comparing their one thing that they're amazing at to your entire life, you, if you research a bit more about a person or get to know a person better, you might realise that, yes, they've got a flashy car and all, you know, and a fancy house, but actually they're not 100% perfect. Their life is not picture perfect. They might have some things that you think are amazing, but that's mm. not, it doesn't, 
show a complete picture. Um, and the other thing, if you're finding that it's negative, is to stop putting yourself in a place that trigger you. If you're if you're finding it difficult to have children and you keep sitting on the park bench at the playground <laughs> watching uh, families with kids and that makes you feel bad because you're comparing other women your age that have got kids and you're thinking, why am I not in that place yet? Why hasn't it worked for me? Take Remove yourself from the situation. Avoid walking past the playground. Avoid hanging out in that space. Um, if you're envying other people's wealth, stop walking through the high-end shopping centres. Like if you can find out those things that are um, you're big on comparing yourself to someone about and that are making you feel bad, try and remove them from your situation at least for a bit or limit the amount, put some boundaries around it so that you're not constantly signing yourself up to get smacked down. Mm. I think a huge one is gratitude and thinking about what you have and thinking about it from the point of you alone and what you need and what you're happy with regardless of what other people are or, or they're happy with. And, and if if you can love what you already have or love where you already are or love yourself as you are, then you will find that you will have less of a negative impact from comparison because you have that nice solid base of, of gratitude. And the last point I'd probably say, and I only had a conversation with my kids about this the other day, is compare things that actually matter. Mm-hmm. So yeah. how kind you are, how charitable you are, the joy you feel, you know, like that's the thing. We were, the girls and I were talking because we were going for a walk and um, Maddie was hot. <laughs> we were going walking up a mountain, well, not a huge mountain, a little mountain, a hill really. And uh <laughs> But she didn't want to take her jumper off because she had like a daggy T-shirt underneath. And it started this conversation about, firstly, who's judging you on your T-shirt? Have you looked at any of the people who we've passed, what they're wearing? And are you making judgments about that? And then that's a whole other issue, if you are, why? But also then we talked about, you know, your friends at school, you don't pick them because they've got nice clothes because someone can have nice clothes and be a horrible person. You're not going to want to hang out with them. What's important? Kindness, you know, how kind people are and how friendly and, um, you know, that kind and of thing. So you we, feel. You know, mm. Yeah, we got into that conversation about, okay, we compare on all these outside levels, but actually when it boils down to it, the stuff that's really important to us is a lot of the stuff that's on the inside. So we need to try and flip the switch a bit and start comparing ourselves on measures that are actually really important um, rather than all this, you know, external stuff that really at the end of the day is, you know, just a bit ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you. There's not much that really matters that's on the outside. Um, most of what matters is how we make other people feel. And I think if we can compare ourselves at that on that level, then, you know, we'll we'll do much better, I think. So hopefully this has been helpful for you uh, so far as making you maybe feel a little bit better or being able to improve your own self-esteem, your own self-worth and uncomplicate a little bit of that anxiety um, through looking at comparison and how you and how it affects your your life. And feel free to share with us in our Facebook community if any of you want to talk about comparison there. That's where we'll be chatting about it. And until then, we'll see you next week. 
Thanks for joining us. We'd love it if you'd leave a review or tell all your friends about us so they too can be uncluttered. If you'd like to connect with us, you can find us at beuncluttered.com.au or on social media or on our own websites at clearspace.net.au and basklifecoaching.com. 